There are certain factors in our world that influence how you experience reality. How you view specific things from different cultural norms to the food you eat, the language you speak, the way you interact with strangers and neighbors, and so much more. Today, I'm talking about environmental factors. Of course, some of these factors were designed to serve a specific purpose. For example, the concentration camps, better known as public housing schemes and homesteads across the world. These particular designed conditions create and perpetuate certain cycles within them, such as poverty and crime. Of course, there are a few other factors that cause some of these areas, like poor economic classes. This will be covered in the episodes as we go on. In this episode, I aim to discuss these particular conditions, the reasons they were created, and what they have led us to. There are also passive designs that allow one to create something today that will eventually cascade on its own into something you desire. Call it the domino effect, if you will. Even so, this doesn't diminish the inhumaneness and inconsideration it must have taken for these conditions to be placed in the first place. Environmental conditions are one of the most important conditions we have in our society. You get easily judged based on where you come from. And of course, in many instances, opportunities pass you solely based on those factors that have influenced your outlook on life. Which begs a number of questions, such as, why were these environments systematically created? What pattern considerations were made in the creation of these spaces? Were the design considerations of these spaces conducive enough to build healthy and sustainable communities? Are we still developing houses in this manner or have we at least had some sense of consideration for man and nature? Can and will we do better? In this episode, I'll explore these questions and more. I'm excited to have this conversation with you and I hope you'll join me. Welcome to the Think Peace Podcast, where we discuss a wide range of topics that aim to question reality as we know and believe it to be. My name is Ian M. Simao, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about how our spaces, designs, and buildings influence our health and overall well-being. Before we dive in, Understand that you don't need to be familiar with the industry standards, details, and terminologies of these topics. I aim to keep things concise and straightforward and will avoid using any unnecessary jargon. My goal is to provide you with accurate information that you can use to have engaging discussions about these topics. The goal of this podcast is to foster engaging discussions about the things that we observe and experience. If you enjoy the show and find value in it, consider subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with people you believe will appreciate the content as much as you do. Now, let's start off with the basics of questions that were not part of the list you heard earlier. Why analyze the environmental conditions and how they affect people? Well, the truth is, I believe that certain spaces have an impact on people. 
from the cultural practices to the food, the music and the overall outlook of life for the people who live in those particular areas. Of course, this is quite an obvious notion. One of the most prominent saying we have, more precisely tailored to black people across the board, is you can take the man out of the ghetto, but you can't take the ghetto out of him. It's quite a stereotypical notion, wouldn't you say? Well, what if I told you stereotypes of this particular nature stem from the truth based merely on generalization? What if I told you that that's how the world works? We basically generalize everything about everything, about everyone, and including ourselves. Are you part of the working class? Well, currently, as per the economy of the world, you are most likely struggling like most people. Are you looking forward to pursuing a degree at a higher educational institution? Well, again, again, the general idea is that you need to prepare yourself for a mountain of student debt loans that you most likely work your whole life or half of your life paying it off. That is part of the general idea of how some of these things work or are currently still working. All factors in the world influence how we operate and how we view the world. The one we all start with from when we were born to when we can start to reason for ourselves is our environment. Yes, obviously your family setting plays a role but I would like to look at a bigger picture if you would call it that. I would like to look at the towns, the cities, the schools, the hospitals, and the planning that took place as a result of what we are currently working with. In doing so, it will help us understand why the environment that we experience today is built the way it is and functions the way it does. What we first should know is that towns and cities were initially built as a call to action a response to an influx of what we now call central business districts. In order to mediate, include or encourage people to build communities, certain patterns were put in place to make this possible. If you can look at how towns and cities were made in times and places such as ancient Rome in the 8th century BC or Marseille, France from 600 BC, and the ruins of Mapungube, southern Africa, dated from 1000 AD to 1300 AD. And the ruins of Mapungube, southern Africa, dated from 1000 AD to 1300 AD. You'll notice a few patterns that were in place. These patterns established included landmarks purposely designed and integrated with the towns to establish a unification and identification of the town folks and the community the people wished to build and sustain. This, of course, mostly included churches, mosques, or any other area of worship, trade districts, as well as communal and recreational spaces. This particular pattern resulted in what we call today the zoning of land. See, prior to the Industrial Revolution and the growth of the economy, areas that were said to bring wealth to a country's economy experienced an influx of people who sought after ways in which they could sustain themselves and their families in a newly found and growing economy. 
Therefore, the said cities and towns had a new focus in place, which was the housing of the workforce. The call to action to house the workforce was handled rather poorly, more so when looking at the biggest aspects that influence how our systems work today. The poor handling of housing was influenced by racial segregation. At the time, the government, the law, and those in power saw it fit to divide the world using skin color and class, thus establishing a division between the races, the owners of wealth, and the working class. Public housing, in a sense, was of course established to mitigate a growing issue. However, without the proper economic backing, sustainable design considerations, unbiased wealth distribution, and enforcement of race, the said notion was more pushed to divide and suppress the people of darker skin as compared to those of fairer skin, oppress the workers as compared to the owning class. This resulted in a number of labor force concentration camps in the United States, South America, and Southern Africa. In the United States, these concentration camps are better known as the projects, or public housing reforms, established in the 1930s. In South America, they are known as favelas, and said to have been mainly a temporary housing solution until the state government could erect permanent housing projects in the 1930s and 1940s. This specifically occurred in Brazil. And in Southern African context, more precisely when focusing on South Africa, they are better known as townships. Established under the apartheid government that was in place from 1948 until 1999. The purpose of this established cluster home system was to house workers in the mining and manufacturing industries. The workers in question were any person legally not considered to be white. Such persons were prohibited from living in the cities or the suburban areas. These are not failed projects. They are systems intently designed the way they are for the sole purpose of ensuring economic control and disparity among those who own wealth and those who work for survival. The concentration camps are displayed as cluster homes with bare minimum surrounding land available for yard space or even just to have a small garden. The formation is specifically designed for you to go to and from work, mainly using your home as a resting place with zero to no consideration of what it means to thrive, let alone live comfortably in your own home, surrounded by a well-established, self-sustainable community. Even if there is a centralized space for the community to have regular meetings and communicate about how to go forward, you will be hindered by the fact that you lack the economic resources to even try to make those changes. This perpetuates certain cycles in those particular spaces. We may say that we have grown as a society and apartment buildings or homes are built with more consideration now, but the reality is they are really not. With the rise of the movement of affordable housing in the 1930s and with the term still being prominent today, you would think that there are at least some 
considerations of the healthy patterns required to ensure that the communities in which the built environment is creating with their structures are at least healthy enough to foster a self-sustainable community. But again, when you look at the aforementioned affordable houses, the apartment blocks, their complexes, most of them, if not all, have little to no consideration of nature or the influence of nature on people's health and overall well-being. Regardless of the name that buzzes and makes investors and developers cough up more money to make the so-called affordable houses, they still maintain the system that was established when the said labor force concentration camps were created. Which begs the question, can there be more considerations in how we build our communities to ensure the health of those who live around them? Well, um, the obvious answer is yes. The cultures we have today are influenced by the spaces we live in. If in the projects or the townships there is a high number of recorded crimes in such places are considered risky behavioral spaces, that's because there is a reason and purpose for such. In a paper by Ming Kuo titled How My Contact with Nature Promote Human Health, Ming states that the sights and sounds of nature have an important psychological impact on those who live around them. The paper goes on further by explaining the importance of the integration of nature, bodies of water and ecosystems to incorporate natural sounds in our built environment to ensure a positive influence on people's health, such as the mitigation of depression, high blood pressure, immune boosts and so much more. Ming goes on further to explain how the introduction of nature into our built environment can reduce stress and violence and enforce healthy behavioral patterns such as exercise while limiting risky behavioral patterns like alcohol abuse or drug use. Systems influence the way we function and how we live, whether we notice them or not. Avoiding them all because they sound bogus or because we are comfortable with the current system in place has a greater cost to our society than we can anticipate. Consider a patient who just undergone surgery and is waiting in the recovery room to recuperate and be discharged. Imagine if that patient was locked in a room with only walls and a door but no windows to see outside. What do you think the outcome might be? Now, imagine the same patient, but with the addition of a window so they can see nature, the sky, and hear the birds chip and the wind brush through the trees. Basically, be among the ecosystem of the land that they are in, if there is any. See, you don't have to imagine this at all because a study conducted by Roger S. Ulrich and published in a paper titled View Through a Window May Influence Recovery from Surgery found that the patient with no window needed more encouragement from nurses and required more medical attention, care and medicine, not only to manage the pain but also to assist with the healing process. 
The patient with a view through the window, on the other hand, not only required less attention and medication, but was also discharged early. Now, in this particular study, the patients were not separated with one with a room with no window and the other with a room without. They were in the same room. One had a view through the window and one did not. This correlation meant that the result of this particular study suggested that an integration of nature had a therapeutic influence on hospital patients. Now, I, I know, I know. Hospital patients may be on the extreme side of the observation. So how about we personalize this and observe something a tad bit closer to home? How about we look at the situation that occurred with the COVID-19 pandemic and the lockdowns that happened all over the world? It felt like you couldn't breathe for a while, didn't it? It felt like you were trapped in your own home. It's not that you didn't have a view through the window. You did. You actually did. You could walk outside and go enjoy the fresh air in your yard. But the fact of the matter is you were trapped inside that yard and you could not go anywhere. Therefore, not communicating or integrating with the community at all. The only means of integration was through technology. Which, honestly, when we look at it, it is not the same. Texting someone or calling someone is definitely not the same as meeting and having a conversation with them face to face. Even if you just go outside and see a friendly face or just greet your neighbor that you hate. I don't know whether you hate your neighbor or not, but some people don't talk to their neighbors. Even if you see that one particular familiar face, you would still feel so much better than being trapped in your own yard. Well, the thing is, imagine not being able to breathe in that nature but not noticing it because you think it's a normal part of your life. You find it acceptable because it has been that way since the day you can remember, no matter how unhealthy it may be. This, this is specifically what I'm pointing towards. We or some people who live in these areas, of course they can breathe, they are living. However, there are certain things that are missing in their spaces that they do not notice that they need to actually thrive and do better, to build a better community and sustain themselves. There is a lot of things that need to be considered in our spaces and the towns that we build and the places that we want to create, the, 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 the housing complexes, the, 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 the affordable houses that we have. It's not just limited to nature, it's also, it's, it's also a consideration of lighting, the smallest thing, which is lighting at night. Lighting can cause some form of passive security in places whereby security is not prominent. Lighting can help, lighting can create the community to, the community to have their own passive security, to be their own community watchers. This is, 
This is not to say that these systems cannot be mitigated or improved. They truly can. It's mainly just to ask, have you, have you noticed how your environment affects you? Have you noticed how the cities affects everyone and how everyone longs for an escape to nature during the holidays, to be around water, around trees and mountains and just to experience and breathe fresh air, to be around certain particular ecosystems and to just get away from what we now call the concrete jungle. We have placed our trust in these monolithic structures and glass-like facades so much so to a point that we have neglected some aspects of our humanity, the creation of a community and its sustainability. We have forgotten a lot of other things that actually make us human, that actually make us want to integrate with each other, that make us want to build and be better people. Trying to mitigate these things at an educational level might be a tad bit too late, but mitigating it at an environmental level, however, is something completely different. See, more questions can arise, like, have you noticed the need for gyms However, call the actual space intended for your health, mobility, and exercise may be. Can you see the fault in our main societal systems? Can you see how we have created these spaces to feed the economy and trusting that the economy will feed us, but neglecting our overall societies, neglecting ourselves. We don't take our communities into consideration. We take the economy first into consideration. Developers take the economy first into consideration. We take money first into consideration before anything. We give up our lives, our time and our health for money and chasing it till the day we die. And for most of the people on this planet, truly speaking, not a lot of people will have that kind of economic wealth, but for most of the people continuing to chase money until their death, they most likely never even reach that goal. So why neglect the creation of proper sustainable communities? Why neglect the health of our societies? Why neglect the health of our individual selves? Why neglect the health of the objective creation and the subjective aspects of our reality? So again, uh, um, well, not really again, I'll, I'll ask this question. What little changes are you making in your own life, in your own space? and in your friends and family to ensure their health is secured. What are the natural elements you are integrating in your life? Are you taking walks or hiking as often as you can? Do you have maybe plants in your house? 
which seems to be a new thing now, a growing thing to a point whereby we have transitioned from cat parents to plant parents. Are you building communities with the people that are surrounding you? Maybe you live in an apartment block. Do you know your neighbor? Do you even know their name? Do you talk to your neighbor? Have you ever just knocked on your neighbor's door just to say hi and introduce yourself? Is there that person that you constantly talk to, but you don't even know their name? That person that you greet, but you don't even know their name? And sometimes when you go for a while without seeing them, you get a little bit worried. Imagine if all of that was taken away from you. Imagine the person you see every day, all day, not being there anymore. Even if you don't talk to them, imagine if they were not there. Imagine how hard it would be to not breathe. Imagine how your reality would shift. Now imagine if you take away some of these important natural considerations that are required to ensure your mental, physical and spiritual health. These things are not in our built environment. They are not in our societal systems. They are not in our town planning, in our organizational planning, in our development planning. They are not. We are trying. Of course, with sustainable buildings, but is that really enough? It may not be a big of a movement, but again, what are the considerations you are taking, or the mitigational aspects you are taking to ensure and secure your mental, physical, and psychological health in your own spaces? And God, please, for God's love, don't paint your house black. That will depress you. And I truly hope when you wake up in the morning, you open the windows and you make your bed. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this journey into the world of societal conditions. I I know, it, it, it can be a lot, but... It's important to question the reality we live in. I hope you'll join us once again as we discuss the remaining conditions in detail. The next topics to follow are focused on economics and societal conditions. And in the end, I will illustrate how these aspects, when joined together, can help us understand the society we live in and the communities we have created. In the meantime, I encourage you to keep thinking about these topics. And if you have any questions or comment, please feel free to share them. Take care.